As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sometimes talking with friends feels like role-playing. Sometimes it feels like combat. Join us at the Roundtable and Roll Initiative. This is Curmudgeons and Dragons. Hello, adventurers. Guys, welcome to Curmudgeons and Dragons. I'm Jason Portizo, and today I am joined by Ms. Josie Diaz. Well, hello there. Yay, she made it. I did it. We thought you were going to... We thought you were going to get all froze and get no, all kicked off. I, we were, we were going to call you Frozy Diaz. I, I don't care for that. I, it feels like I'm an Elsa knockoff. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but you were acting like a Greg knockoff. So, No, I cannot be the replacement, Greg. I refuse. No, no, no. No one can replace Greg except today uh, because Greg's not here. Greg was all like, oh, yeah, I could record at 3 o'clock. And then 4 o'clock rolls around. He's like, I'm still at work. So Ooh. Greg, once again, is frozen just at his job and whatever. Jim Crocker's here. Yes, from the front half of my quarantine apartment. Yes. Because my, my wife with COVID is in the back half of our quarantine apartment. So. Have you taped all the doors closed with the dehumidifiers in? Like she's got the door mostly closed and the air purifier back there. And the, That's you good. know, like the cat is keeping her company. Sure. While I, while I do stuff up front. So, Are we bringing it back know, to like I'm, full, if, like April we, 2020 mode? And you're like... It, well, yeah, I mean, it's like, <laughs> like if I, if I, if I kind of popped my camera over my shoulder, you would see the futon that's pulled out and has the sheets and the, you know, bachelor pillows on it. Sure. Sure. Like that. So yeah, but that's, that's hopefully it'll only be a few days. We've got her, she's on the Paxlovid and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. So all, all, already feeling better. So, so that's a good sign. I hope she's, uh, hope she gets well soon. Yeah. Thank you. And other, I'm going to say a lot of nice things because today. That, We're that back on wholesome, wholesome stories. Yeah, that would be a wholesome story if she got well soon. So, so that's, Jim, I hope that's she, I hope she gets well doing. soon. I hope she's happy and I hope everything's great. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Today's wholesome stories. I hope everything's great. So, Greg, he's not here. I hope everything sucks. All right. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys got your wholesome stories? I do. Yes. I, do. I love doing these because uh, we, we, we do the horror stories every week. And it's just like, yeah, games are, games are bad and it's easy to be bad. And it's easy to tell a bad story. 
Uh, if things are, if things piss you off and like it stays in the front of your mind for like a while and like you can't wait to tell everyone about how bad that thing was. But when things are nice, we have a tendency to keep that to ourselves. And I think we have to uh, spend more time it's telling my special other little good moment that nice I go things. back to when I'm feeling bad. I know. Yeah. I have my But favorite I love to complain to with- anyone who will listen. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I have my favorite kind of wholesome story, which is the one where they do something that I say you should always do. And it means their game went awesome because they did that. So yeah. <laughs> looking, looking forward to sharing that. Today, yeah. my players listen to me. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Jim, would you like to? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll jump right in here. Lay it on us since you're so excited about it. Cool. So this is from uh, the r slash D&D subreddit, the basic Dungeons and Dragons subreddit, where people share all kinds of stories, not uh, necessarily the dedicated DM Academy or horror stories reddit that we're often pulling stuff from. Uh, this one is by user you, Astrid Warhol1. And we'll, of course, link to that in the notes when we get to it. We'll link to all the notes when we get to it. Usernames uh, are hard. And this is entitled, <clears throat> yes, yeah, that's the, the, they're meant to be read and not said aloud. So, And this one is entitled, Too Many D&D Horror Stories. So here's my positive post. I have the best noob player ever. And, that, you know, it's hard to argue. So uh, this has the heading, Game Tales which is a thing that we will sometimes search to find these wholesome stories if, if you're curious out there. So here we go. So I started talking to a guy some months ago, and it reached that point in all my social relations where I asked, do you know what D&D is? He said he wanted to try it, and I made a campaign and put him in. He is playing a fallen Azamar druid with Circle of the Spores. I started guiding him at first as he has never played anything like D&D. And here's where we get to the part where they do a thing I always say. He says, I like to make the characters in a kind of a session zero so everyone can get to know each other at least a bit. That's what I always say. Build your characters together. Then everybody knows what's going on. I do think it's funny. And if you're you're reading along, session zero is in three sets of quotes. Yes. (laughs) Fun. So like, 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 like trying to make sure everybody understands that this is like a, like a commonly used term, mm-hmm. but that means something as opposed to just words that they're throwing out there on the page. Yeah. I like that. So I start telling him how casters work, how you can use magic and also warning him that it might be a bit confusing at first, or maybe a bit complex to take in mind everything he had not to discourage him. I told him I would help and the other players were experienced so they could help too. And told him to have a notebook to take notes just in case. Anyway, session one comes, he pulls out his notebook and then pulls out another. In one, he had all the druid spells he could learn, its effects, casting time, materials, all the information he needed, all put in an organized, beautiful way I have never seen. All the information about his character, stats, backstory, inventory, everything. Again, all decorated and looked ultra clean. Wonderful. In the other hand, a notebook entirely for notes about the campaign. He writes down Every period, single period, name period. Oh God! He also role plays nicely. Has good. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. It's, uh, we're we're all salivating here at the thought of <laughs> having that player in our game. Right. He also role he also role plays nicely. Has good or fun ideas like messaging a noble via using his druid skills to write stuff in the sky. Also, he wrote a really good backstory with everything I needed. I boast about having him in my party to every person that plays D&D that I know because I swear he has to be one of the best new players I've ever had in my entire life. Edit. 
I see some don't believe this. I can post some <laughs> photos of the notebook when I see him again. I see him on Wednesday again. Big if update. true. I'm trying to <laughs> upload the photos. <laughs> Up, update. I'm trying to upload the photos, but Reddit won't let me because it says that gallery posts are not allowed. Don't really know how to use Reddit, so any help would be nice. So we'll we'll go into this thread and tell him to you know, post it up somewhere to a, you know, a, a picture sharing site and then just link to those because that's, that's the way that you do that. a quick look through their post history. I don't see any photo updates, but... Um, yeah. But they tried their best. This is from about a month ago, so... Honestly, even if they are lying, I choose I, to believe I, it. I absolutely believe this because I've, I've known people that do that, so, you know. I'm also somebody oh, that yeah. handles oh, oh, all I found their it. stuff. I found it. Oop, oop, you found oop. it. It's a separate post. Uh, I will have... Uh, I'll send a link to... The second post uh, in the show notes as well. But, oh, um, fantastic! Yes. Uh, but off mic, uh, I'm going to throw it into our little chat here, so you can at least hear our blind reaction to it. Separate post called "Here's the Notebook." One of my new players have. Uh, oh, yep, yep. This is like my an ultra God. clean. This is somebody sheet. that bullet journals for fun. It looks like yeah. okay. So, this, so, so I'm just going to try to describe this uh, in an audio form. Uh, obviously, the link is in the chat, is in the um, is in the show notes. So go check this out too. But the stats part of it looks like someone took graph paper and it's a graph paper notebook and painstakingly redid an entire character sheet, but super clean. I have Josie nailed these. it. This is this is bullet journaling. This mm-hmm. is somebody. This is somebody who bullet journals on a regular basis. Okay, and and they they just took their D and D stuff and made it into a bullet journal. I tried to bullet journal and I I did it for like three days and I was like, screw this. I do not have anything like the patience or artistic ability I to do I this. Do like is, I'm not familiar with this term. <gasps> what is bullet journaling? It's you make your own like planners and stuff using mostly graph paper, scrapbook stuff and markers. And you give okay. each page like cool stuff. Uh, you can put calendars in there. You can put like, you can, whatever you journal about, it's just the act of doing it in like a very neat and organized fashion to make it. Okay. Fun. This is why so, I've never heard of this. It's amazing. So do you see? Do you see how that person has done their character sheet? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I do. Like, like, like and assume, what? And that assuming looks our like? listeners have clicked the link in the show notes, they'll, they'll see it too. <laughs> well, so, he's not asking so, the listeners; so, so, he's asking you. I know. I'm asking you. So look at what they've done for that character sheet, and now replace your life okay. with the character. That's bullet journaling. Oh, like so it's everything worse. exactly what they've done. Well, it's, I don't know that it's worse. If you're it's, a little bitch, Jason, yes. then yeah, I guess you would call that worse. <laughs> it's, Sorry, I'm not as it's cool its as own, an Asimar druid. You're not. It's, it's, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's like, it's like the cross, it's like CrossFit for journaling is kind of what it is. <laughs> That's sort of, it's like, 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 like hardcore, dedicated, systematic, you know. I love um, uh, that it looks keeping like keeping track of your life. Yeah. I want to point yeah. out the uh there, there's like three by five index cards yeah, that they turn that, that they turn into spell cards. Uh in, uh f- complete with like um time, range, components, duration, and then you know, brief mm-hmm. description, all handwritten, and then like taped or uh or like you know, corner uh corner taped uh into this graph book. This 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 is as incredible as the OP is saying it is. Oh yeah. One of the guys that I game with, um, who I've known for like 20 years, and we play, we don't play D&D together. We mostly play superhero stuff like, like, like champions and, you know, but tabletop uh, that stuff. kind of, that, that kind of thing, but tabletop stuff. And we have done some fantasy stuff, but, um, he's a professional game artist. Like he's done mm. like, like for, for 30 years, he's 
been paid to do game illustrations for people and done covers and like, you know, like did a ton of the Star Wars West End stuff and things like this. So like, you know, we'll be playing and the game master will will introduce a new character, a villain or something like that. And 20 minutes later, he'll be like, oh yeah, I have a sketch of it. And like when he says sketch, you know, it's like, a professional colored inked <laughs> illustration that he just, you know, throws up just, into the thing. Just there. whipped so up in his free time. Yep. 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 God, nope. It's, uh, I know. I fucking hate when my friends are that it's talented. It's super cool having him in the game. That's, pr- <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yes. But I mean, having, having something like this is, uh, this is amazing. This but, is great. But, and like, and yeah. as, as far as like the, the, not, not only is the notebook itself impressive, but like, you know, the, the spirit of the story is that you have a new player who is, very visibly excited and wants to like dive in for the full experience that I don't always get with new players. What I was going to say was that typically if you handwrite stuff, it helps you to remember it better. It helps with your recall. So this is somebody I'm assuming has never played, right? Never played D and D before this, mm-hmm. and then made That's this. That's what they're notebook. saying. Yeah, the conversation started with, uh, "Have you heard of D and D?" and ended up with him saying, uh, "I'd be interested in trying." So I'm going to go with, you know, brand Dude, new. Let's, don't be a dick to me. This is wholesome stories, Josie, okay? I And I have to be a little bit naughty. It's fine. <laughs> what I was trying to say was, if it's, it's a good way to help you learn the mechanics of your character to hand write out everything about them, especially when it comes to a spellcaster, because you have so many things to interchange out of there. I really like the sticky part and of that. And a druid especially. Yeah. And yeah. a spores druid especially. That's a lot of information to pack into your brain all at once, having no previous knowledge of it. So mm-hmm. I really love this, other than just for its aesthetic beauty. Yeah, and not only that, when you do something like this, especially as, as systematic as they clearly have it with the that bullet journaling style, it's also a way to like arrange the information in a way that you then have a visual sense of it in a, and it's not just kind of jumbled around sort of sort of rattling around in your head it's all you can you know you can picture it and, and that really helps like you said the road not just the writing it out so that you've gone over it but then you've got a, a schema for mm-hmm. you know like kind of devices to help you remember it. Also, I'm particularly impressed by the fact that like I've met plenty of players who do this for their own thing like you know, like, like Pathfinder players that have, you know, uh, you know, a a 16 page binder Mm -hmm. of their, you know, all their feats and every adventure that they've been on and stuff like this. But the fact that this player does this for all the NPCs as well, Mm -hmm. that's amazing that they're as engaged with the rest of the game as they are with their own tiny little corner of it is that is, that is the real gift there. I admire that level of focus because I am not the kind of person that has I write down every name I hear a, because it's usually fantasy names and it's not like, you know, they're not named Brian, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, a squagflar. It's it's always like some fantasy name and be like, even if your name is Brian, I'm going to forget that your name is Brian. By the time you, by the time you finish the word <laughs> yes. Brian, I'm going to forget your name is somewhere between Brian and N. <laughs> uh, I am horrible at names. I that is well documented. I'm horrible at names. So writing the names thing thing down is the most like that's the most normal thing that I read out of all of this. Everything else is above, even, above, above, beyond. Even if your name is Brian, it's like probably some like drow spelling of it, like you know. B-Y-R. I think you mean a white girl spelling like that. You know there's apostrophes. You know there's apostrophes. 
I'm not having a fantasy name without apostrophes. What kind of game you're trying to run here. But this is great. This, this um, is fantastic. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled by this. Not only is this a great player that probably would fit well into any game, but the DM like did, did good work here mm-hmm. by setting very clear expectations about how complicated it was going to be. And this kicks back to the conversation we had the other day about the player that kind of was having trouble learning their class features and really was not, you know, kind of was not down with it. Oh my God, I have a lot of opinions about that story. In in, in that one, the DM didn't say, okay, you've chosen a a fairly complicated class. Here's what I expect you to know about it. The other players are going to help you with it, all that kind of stuff and everything. And and this DM absolutely did that. And so, you know, this player might not have done all this work if the DM didn't have that session zero where they said, okay, you know, this is going to be, this This is the parts where this might be a challenge. So be ready for that and gave the player the tools to then, you know, create that system to help. Yeah, actually, just, just good work by everybody absolutely. all around on this. Yeah, I was actually going to draw the parallel between this one and the, and the last one. That, that was actually the episode right before this episode. So, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back one episode and check out mm-hmm. the uh, tale of the uh, of the player who was, for, for one reason or another, not using their class features. Who's up next? Oh, Does you want to go or should I? I will go. Awesome. We'll save the best for last. Don't worry. We're saving in the, every... It's, this is a wholesome story. Is everyone's equal? Mm. I, re- I really like Josie's story. I, do, I don't, I'm not familiar with Josie's story. Actually, this is going to be my first time hearing it. This Can't one is a, a month old. It's posted by Flashpoint One. It is, my wife convinced me to give D&D a second chance and I can't thank her enough. Before we were married, I was really into D&D. I played a couple sessions with a bad DM and some people who didn't take it seriously. So we could probably find that in the horror stories, actually. I decided I could do better. I bought the books and dice in every color, did all the research, and put together an awesome campaign for my two roommates who said they were interested in playing. It was a lot of work, but I had fun setting it up. My first time as a DM was a bit rough, but everyone seemed to have fun, and I was proud of the work I did. Over the next few sessions, though, it became clear they did not share my level of enthusiasm for the game. One roommate can't sit still for more than 20 minutes unless he's in front of a computer screen with a mouse in his hand. He would constantly get up, make food and drinks, play with the cats, and be on his phone while I was running the game. He would forget what turn he was in combat, and he was one of two players. <laughs> hmm. The other roommate did her best to pay attention and participate, but was very new to the game and needed a lot of help. Once she saw how much work was required, she just checked out. I found myself ev- doing everything for them, even leveling them up and writing down their new spells, feats, bonuses, etc. It got to be so much work for people who didn't appreciate it, yet they would say they wanted to keep playing. Finally, I moved out. We met up one more time to fast forward through a bunch of stuff and finish the campaign, and it honestly felt like a relief. After that, I gave up on D&D. I had no more friends that wanted to play and no desire to start a new campaign with the former roommates because of the work required to play with them. My books collected dust, bags of dice remained shelved, and my excitement for the game was contained to this and a few other D&D subs. My wife and I got married. I tried to introduce her to the game, but it's not her cup of tea. However, she knew how much it once meant to me and loved that I had had a hobby that didn't involve anything too dangerous. One night after putting our newborn to sleep, she said she wanted to see me get back into it and really pushed me when I tried to give her excuses. She found a local group online that was meeting up in two days, told me not to worry about her or the baby, just go, meet new people, have fun, and drive safe. 
I was doubtful, but I cracked open my books, found an old character I always wanted to try, and got ready. I was nervous meeting this new group for the first time and worried it would be awkward just jumping into the campaign. But they were really cool and my character fit in seamlessly, almost exactly what they needed. The very first encounter ended with me getting a, how do you want me to do this? And I couldn't contain my smile. Mm -hmm. It was awesome and I can't wait to do it again. I got home late and told my wife all about it. I could tell she didn't care much about the story or combat, but she was just really happy to see me passionate again. She said I can go as often as I want and that she would be fine putting the baby down once a week. I'm telling you, I have a wonderful and amazing wife, and now I have an awesome D&D party I'm a member of. Beautiful. Delightful. That's what this, that's what this is about. That's what, that's what this game should be. I love a supportive I, wife. I love that story. Your partner doesn't need to like the things that you like, mm-hmm. but they need to like that you like things. Yes. That's the, that's the important thing. So, yeah. I also like how aspects of this story are like the mirror of your story where that person was mm-hmm. really enthusiastic and OP just couldn't find somebody to play this with who matched mm-hmm. his level yeah. of enthusiasm. Yeah, you have the guy who would rather be playing video games and that's fine. Go go play video games. You don't video have games to have the attention span to sit there for four hours in a chair in one spot. Video and games dice. are a totally fine hobby. You just have to recognize that they're not the same thing as TTRPG. Mm-hmm. Jim, uh, you, your, your wife plays games with you, right? So, so this is the thing. My wife and I have like kind of nerdy interests that kind of form a Venn diagram mm-hmm. that like overlap a little bit in the middle, mm-hmm. right? So like she'll go see like a couple of dozen concerts a year and a dozen or more Broadway shows a year and play a couple of three, four games a year. Mostly kind of very like, you know, like story driven indie type of stuff that doesn't have a ton of mechanics Mm -hmm. and things like that. PBTA stuff powered by the apocalypse. If folks are familiar with that, she knows that system. She'll play those games Mm -hmm. with me on occasion. But she like can't commit to, you know, being in a campaign or anything like that. Sure. Whereas I will play upwards of like three or four hundred games a year. Uh, Maybe not quite that much, but like a couple of hundred games a year. Literally like, you know. I mean, typically three, four a week, something like wow. this. You know, if, if, I, if I have my, uh, you know, if I can have my preferences, I'd, I'd be playing games, you know, like, like most of the week. Mm. But I will go to a couple of concerts and a couple of Broadway shows with her, right? And so our interests overlap enough uh, that we, like, completely understand each other's enthusiasms mm. and we can appreciate it without needing to be immersed in what each other are doing all the time, right? That's, I think that's, that's uh, a great balance. And that feels like the perfect balance That's a great balance. Yeah. Yeah, Karen and I are the same way. That We both, uh, we both love the, the lore of Pokemon, so that's, uh, that was something that we always had. She understands D&D and the appeal of D&D, and she understands enough mm-hmm. to know which memes are actually funny, and she'll send me ones that, uh, that maybe <laughs> sure. I haven't seen yet. Yeah. She mm-hmm. does like mimics as much as I do, so, the, so it's a lot of them are mimic-based. But yeah, she, uh, she gets it. And uh, when I, you know, she has no interest in playing, although we, I, I swear to God, I will get her one day. Got a character made up for her already. Uh, but uh, on Sundays when people do come over, uh, she is like all too happy to like make snacks for everyone and like, oh yeah, and like, you know, make sure that, I, <laughs> make sure that we end up being the D&D house. Because frankly, like, like your partner being super into role-playing games is like about as far away from hookers and blow as, as it gets, <laughs> right? You know, like... <laughs> you don't know just, what those hookers are doing in their spare time well, while they're on okay, the blow. Sure, sure. 
All right. Listen, All I right. paid for role play. I'm but getting you, role play. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's like in term like in terms of all of the things that you could be doing, knowing that you know like uh, and it's like in terms of all the things uh, you know Shannon could be doing, going to Broadway shows. Like, hey, great, yeah. you know, <laughs> go to the city, knock yourself out, see your friends, have fun. That's uh, that that's and that's great. And while she's doing that, I'm playing role playing games, and we're both enjoying ourselves. And then she comes back and tells me how awesome her shows were, and I'm not necessarily sure what she's talking about all the time. But her enthusiasm is wonderful and infectious. And she will come home and I will tell her about, you know, what is going on in the blood war. And uh, <laughs> she will smile and nod. That's nice, honey. <laughs> Not necessarily yeah, sure what I'm nice, talking about, but, but appreciates my enthusiasm. So Honestly, it works out for everyone. Sometimes it's just nice to see the people that you love having a good time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's all you need. So I can't stop thinking of like, you know, for 200 bucks, I'll be whatever you want me to be. be like, Great. You're a level 11 drow sorcerer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the story I found here, this is a very short story. This is a, uh, I only have the screenshot from it. I'm sure I can go find the actual post. Uh, this is also on r slash D&D from user Tom Snow. It says, interesting thing happened after my game today. I run a D&D club in my school, and Josie and I were talking about this before. Uh, it's, it's unclear if this is a, uh, like a teacher liaison for the club or if this is a student running the club. So uh, it's hard to tell who's actually telling the story, a but it's not important. of ambiguous age. Yeah, it's not important. Uh, I run a D&D club in my school that sees all types of students, from sports kids to theater kids and AP to special ed. The school is predominantly Hispanic. And one student comes to me explaining how she was really quiet during the game because she didn't know how to say certain phrases in English. I thought about this for a second and asked her questions about her uh, character's background. Uh, She was an elf fighter. She said that she was a noble high elf. And I suggested that as part of her background, her family didn't allow her to learn common, which explains why she only knows so much common, which we're going to call English. I then proposed to the game if we made elvish Spanish so that she can express questions in the game in Spanish and have one of our half elf or uh, or elven Spanish speakers ask the question in English to the group. So I'm helping my student student learn English while also giving them something unique and special about their character. The last thing I want is a kid thinking they cannot play because of a language barrier. This is a game for everyone. I love that so, so much. I thought it was kind of cool to just reskin, reskin Spanish as Elvish. And uh, you know, she doesn't speak she doesn't speak great English. Cool. English is common and you don't learn, you don't know common. Moving on. You know, it's uh it's a, uh, you know, what what is it? Modern uh, modern problems require modern uh solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that he had this talk with her privately mm-hmm. and like it, it was in the form of a check-in. Mm-hmm. How about if we do this? Would this work for you? Would this be okay? As opposed to just kind of like dropping it on the table as a, you know, a blanket solution without making sure she was comfortable with it. That's that's the right way. And to tying that it to the character. Like to me. Tying it mm-hmm. to the character's backstory mm-hmm. and making it part of the game yep. now. Um, like that is, that is top tier inclusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of emulates that idea of if there's students that are primarily English speakers, but know some Spanish, that idea that people walking around speaking common would know like commonly used elven phrases or sure. like, like, you know, elven curses or something like that, but not like, you know, high, high elvish, they can, you know, they can like, be from uh, villages that have, exactly, that have large elven like populations. That, yeah. You know, like you know, oh yeah, all my friends that are from like you know any any big city doesn't matter if they if they took any classes in in school or anything like that. All my friends from any big city speak at least a little bit of Spanish. 
If you've worked in a kitchen in the Northeastern United States, you got to know at least a little Spanish. If you ever sat in the back table near a kitchen, you know at least a couple <laughs> Spanish curses, you know? <laughs> they play some rock and music back there, though. Oh, my God. Uh, this guy's it's also It also feels like, just to me, like the kind of thing that might make like Tolkien frown a little bit. So that makes it even better. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about this. This, this story really speaks for itself. And it's just, uh, it's just nice. And it's just such a good way of just making sure the table feels included. This is, this is a game about bringing people together. And like your own personal background doesn't matter in this game. And like sometimes, as you see in this story, you don't need a fantasy solution to a fantasy game problem. Like, yeah, for sure. Being able to for be sure. like, I don't know how to say some of these things in English. I only know how to say it in Spanish because my English mm-hmm. isn't that good. It's like, well, the common language at the table is English, but that should not stop you from being able to enjoy this game. Yeah. You got some like cross-cultural well, using- stuff going on. I think it's cute. Using the using the high elf noble thing uh, as a reason to to be purposely not taught common, yeah, because the 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 filthy commoners speak it. You know, that's why my mom doesn't know (laughs) Italian because my grandparents didn't want the kids to know what they were talking about. That's funny, (laughs) but it's also uh, I also like the fact that it's flipping the script a little. In that, like you said. You know, like like elves are like the royalty, like the you know kind of typically in a in your you know kind of default D and D setting. Sure, they are the especially. you know kind of kind of like 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 the ancient noble civilization and stuff like that. Those um, and it bourgeoisie flips, pricks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, kind of it, 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 <laughs> it it flips the script on you know kind of the on on, on what a lot of people. Uh, you know, have as the American experience where their language is, you know, is 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 not treated with the respect. Uh, sure. And, and to flip to flip the script for your game like that is a really interesting. And cool that is a really interesting point about that. I didn't think about that. It's one thing if you make Spanish like goblin or orcish or something like that, sure. right? But making it hot and making it high elf, right? You know, high gives elf it, noble. Gives it high a, elf noble. It, high mm-hmm. elf noble gives it a cultural immediately affords it this status in your game world that you know like sets the player at ease and tells all and tells everybody else that we're gonna you know this is a situation where Don't be we're gonna dick. be respectful yeah. of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys feel wholesome? I do. I've got the warm fuzzies going on now. Yeah, this is really these cool. are great this stories. Is, I love I love these it's, episodes. It's it's good to remind us why we do play mm-hmm. as opposed to why we might not want might not want to play, which is what some of those horror stories can sure. be. Like <laughs> we don't want to kind of constantly be like, this game is terrible and you should avoid it. So yeah. <laughs> it's not There's the game you like, should avoid. It's certain people. Right. Exactly. There's something like yes. meta about enjoying the horror stories because like because we you know we don't read these things because we don't love the game. We love the game. And it's just like, you know, yes. sometimes you gotta, you gotta laugh. You gotta laugh. I feel at like it's the same reason people you know? watch YouTube videos of people being really bad at video games. Yeah. Oh, uh, if I want that, I just play video games. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> some of us, I'm some not, of us are great. Know. I don't know, Jim. I don't know what to tell like, you. I'm good at everything I do. <laughs> I want to watch people be comically bad at video games. I'll just log on to any first-person shooter with a bunch of 14-year-olds. I don't need to experience it vicariously. Okay, now we're not talking about 14-year-olds playing (laughs) FPS, so this is wholesome. We're staying wholsome right now. No, I can't can't go back. I'm going to wrap this episode up, and we are immediately about to record a horror story episode, so don't get get too happy on me. 
Uh, I'll try and I'll stay in that headspace. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much. Josie, Jim, Greg will be back next time. Uh, That's it. Have a good one, guys. All right. Take it easy. Stay wholesome, everybody. Thank you for listening to Commutions and Dragons. Please share this with your favorite adventurers. Leave a review on Apple and follow us on social media. All links can be found at curmudgeonsanddragons.com. Practice safe adventuring, my friends. This has been a JTP Audio podcast. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.